0: Sermon 27 of the Sermons upon the Epistle of St. Paul to the Ephesians by John Calvin Translated by Arthur Golding This LibriVox recording is in the public domain But to the end, that following truth with charity, we might grow in all things in him that is the head, to it Christ, by whom the whole body, being knit together and joined by every joint throughout, with furniture according to the operation of each part in measure, taketh the full growth of a body, to the building up of itself in love. We have seen heretofore that we must keep the order which God hath set among us, that we may profit in God's school all the time of life. For inasmuch as God hath not ordained any superfluous thing, we must conclude that we shall never attain to so perfect learning while we live in this world, but that we shall have need to go further still, and which is more, we shall never be at our way's end till we become to the end of our life. For as much then, as we know that we have yet but a peer of the thing which we must have, and that our faith will always be weak, let us strive so much the more to be strengthened, and to draw near unto God. And then shall we not be like little children, such as waver and float to and fro with every wind, and have no steadiness in their faith? For if we be diligent to profit in God's word, surely we shall be armed and fenced to withstand all the wiles of Satan, and of all the wicked men that would beguile us. For although God bring us not to perfection out of hand, but hold us still in some feebleness, yet shall we never be destitute of good remedy if we receive the things that he offereth us, and be not reckless in applying them to our behoof. The means to bring which thing to pass is showed us here, namely, that we follow the truth and love one another. As if St. Paul should say that the knowledge of God and the love of our neighbours are two things that ought not to be separated asunder, and he putteth truth foremost purposely because our linking together would not boot us well unless Jesus Christ were the bond of our concord, and that God alloweth it because it is grounded upon his word, St. Paul then meant here to put a difference betwixt us and the heathen and unbelievers. For all men will grant well enough, that there can be nothing but havoc among men, when they be like to dogs and cats, and it hath been known for a grounded principle in all ages, in all countries, and among all people, insomuch that even the heathen folk, and such as knew not what true religion meaneth, have simply commended and esteemed the benefit of concord and agreement together. But yet they build it without foundation, and therefore St. Paul beginneth at God's truth." As if he should say, we must not only link in one among ourselves, but God must also go before us, and we must obey him, so as we must be gathered together under him, and he sit over us, and we must a choose to be at defiance with the whole world, than to slip away from him. Thus ye see that the thing which we have to mark upon this text is that God will not have us to be knit together without knowing how or why. But he will have us to agree to worship and serve him, and put our whole trust in his infinite goodness, so as Jesus Christ be our head, and we all members of his body, through the power of faith. And again, that when we once know how we have a Father in heaven, which hath adopted us to be his children, and that Jesus Christ hath vouchsafed to take our flesh and substance upon him, to the intent that we should be flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone, The same should move us to love one another, to be careful, each for other's salvation, and to help one another according to the ability that God giveth us. According whereunto it is said in the psalm that the friendship of brothers is a leavesome thing, and afterward the prophet bringeth us to the ointment that was poured upon the priests, as if he should say that men, having no more but even their mother's wit, may perceive that there is not a more leavesome thing in the world than to live in peace and amity. Howbeit therewithal he declareth the order of it after the same manner that is showed us here by St. Paul, and saith that the said brotherhood must be consecrated and dedicated to the name of God. For the anointing of Aaron and his successors was in such sort as the ointment did shed down upon the whole body and upon the garment of them. Now, therefore, let us mark that if we intend to link together well, we must draw unto God, and our linking must be allowed of Him. Otherwise, we may well have fellowship together, but it shall be a cursed fellowship, and the end of it can never be but utter confusion. Wherefore, that we may rule our life well, let the end that we begin at be to cleave unto the truth. Right necessary is this warning for us nowadays, for the papists accuse us that we have troubled the world, and that the debates that are nowadays do spring of our fault. Inasmuch as heretofore all was dead, every man said Amen to them, and there was no disputing. Indeed, there was no great travail spent in seeking God or the salvation of men. Now then, to cast the devil out of the possession he had gotten, it behooved us to use great vehemency, according as it is said that he will never give over his place, except he be enforced. Therefore it stood us on hand, as you would say, to thunder and lighten, to waken the world that was so fallen asleep, and after a sort bewitched. For inasmuch as the unbelievers are extremely stubborn in striving against God, and cannot abide that the truth should take place, but uphold their lies with devilish willfulness, that this is the very cause why there is so much trouble and war in the world nowadays, I mean for religion. Now the papists would lay the blame in our necks, but let us see who is in the fault. For we desire that every man should do homage unto God, and that both great and small should submit themselves to his word, and that there should be one true unity of faith, so the simplicity of the gospel go before it and guide it. These are the things that we seek, and the papists find fault with it. Yet notwithstanding, there is none other thing to be found in our doctrine, but that we would fain that there should be a melody between men and angels to worship the true God, and to follow his word, which is our true rule, to the end there should be no corruption in his service. On the contrary part, the papists would maintain all their abominations and errors, and cannot endure that Jesus Christ should have his preeminence. For they have bereft him of all his offices and made, as it were, a booty of them. They have an infinite warren of he saints and she saints, to whom they give the title of their advocates, saying that by their merits they obtain favour at God's hand, for such as pray unto them. Moreover, in all the rest of their doctrine there is nothing but it is perverted, yea, and falsified, and besides these errors and superstitions, the papists are also so spiteful as to bend themselves even against God, and to spit out their madness, yea, and to endeavour to wipe away the remembrance of Jesus Christ by fire and sword. What should we do in this case? There is no compounding with them but by renouncing of God's truth. But we know what order is taught us here by the Holy Ghost. For St. Paul could well have said in one word, Agree, my friends, but he saw well he should have spoken but one half, and that his doctrine also should have been misconstrued, and therefore he saith, Let us be knit together in the truth, and let us rather give over all the friendship of the world, and procure the anger of all unbelievers, and of all such as rebel against God, than swerve one whit from it. But if we seek to be at good agreement in the truth, and none of us be wedded to himself, but rather every of us procure the welfare and salvation of his neighbours, that is the concord which ought to be among us. The thing, then, which we have an effect to remember upon this strain, is that on the one side we must beware of confederating with God's enemies, that we strike, not sail, as they say, to please them. For although it behoove us to seek to have peace and unity with all men, as near as we can, yet is God's truth always accepted, And we must make more account of that than of all the world. And indeed, they that will needs gratify creatures, and in the mean season turn away from God's truth as much as they can, shall be always unhappy. Wherefore, let us evermore abide steadfastly by our God, and hold us under his yoke, and not shrink away in any wise, but rather defy the whole world. Yea, though there were no man to hold with us, that is one point. Again, if the world may be won to obedience, and we be able to do so much as to draw one or two to consent in one faith with us, then must we put our endeavour and labour thereunto. For we must shun these two extremities, namely of offending God, and of turning away from his pure word, to purchase men's favour, and also of being so high-minded and full of stateliness, as to trust every man to himself, and let others alone, and to pass for no man but himself. For these are two evil extremities which we must beware of. But let us learn to join these two things as inseparable, namely that we yield God true obedience through faith by holding ourselves to the pure simplicity of his word. And again, that therewithal we despise not our neighbors, but endeavor to win them, that they may submit themselves quietly unto God. And by that means, all of us, both great and small, may speak as it were with one mouth, through the Holy Ghost reigning in our hearts, and all of us have the knowledge that hath been spoken of, namely that God is so the author of our salvation that he hath also showed himself a father towards us in adopting us and in vouchsafing to have us to be all of his household, which cannot be except we live all in good concord, because he is the God of peace. And although we should be driven to fight against the whole world, yet let us be of good comfort, because the angels of heaven are our companions in cleaving unto God. Should we then in these days separate ourselves from an infinite multitude of men, which presume upon their riches, their greatness, their pomp, their credit, yea, and their wisdom, yea, and let us esteem every wit of it but as trash, and for our own part, although they call us schismatics, count us but as the offscourings of the world, Let us hold us contented in that we know that the angels of heaven, the holy patriarchs, the prophets, the apostles, and the martyrs agree with us, and to be short, that all God's chosen people, from Abel to this present day, do bear us sufficient company. And so may we despise all that shall be laid to our reproach, when we have God's truth, and the mark whereby we know ourselves to be his children. For inasmuch as God cannot deny himself, he will continue always with his church, whereof we be a parcel, if she stick unto his word." Let that, therefore, be one point. But in the meanwhile, also, let us not forget to seek peace to the uttermost of our power, according to the text that I alleged from the Romans. Therefore, let us not willfully separate ourselves from the world, but let us have, as it were, our arms stretched out to take home all such as yield themselves willingly to the obedience of God, that we may have one faith together, and let us endeavour to bring it to pass. And the very same also is the cause why St. Paul telleth us here that the faith and obedience— which we yield unto God, serves not to puff up our hearts with pride, so as we should reject other men and every of us love himself and shift for himself, but to make us follow the example of our Heavenly Father, who allureth them to him which were far off, and is ready to be reconciled to his enemies, which thing seeing he hath showed us in our Lord Jesus Christ, and given us so excellent a pledge of it, we also must have the same doctrine of peace in our thoughts and in our hearts and endeavour as much as possible to bring them to the union of the gospel that are separated from it as yet, so that if they, which have been, as it were, stark mad against God, do yield themselves as lambs and sheep of the flock, we must be ready to receive them, Let us then bend ourselves to that, and not be given every man to his own profit, but assure ourselves that since God hath knit us together, and bound us one to another, every of us ought to employ himself to the uttermost of his ability, and according to his own measure, to draw his neighbors with him, so as we may be rightly one body, and Jesus Christ reign over us. And for the same cause also doth he add that we should grow in all things in him that is our head that is to wit in Jesus Christ. Now by this word grow, St. Paul continueth the matter that we have seen heretofore, which is, that we must not stand so much in our own conceits as to think ourselves to be come already to the mark we go to. For, as I told you, our life is a journey, and therefore we must go on still, for he that lingereth by the way doth well show that he never wist whereat he aimed. Therefore, although we must not be as little children, yet are we not yet come to full age, neither have we gotten yet such strength as were requisite. Wherefore let us grow, that is to say, let every of us look well to his own infirmity, when he sees his own weakness, and let him thereupon take heart and thrust forth himself. Let him preach unto God, and let all our minds be continually bent that way. For it is not enough for us to have begun, nor yet to have gone on a good way, unless it be printed in our hearts, that we must profit still even to our dying day. Otherwise it is certain that we shall be but dazzled with our own pride, and that will make all God's gifts to vanish away which we had received before." Wherefore let us not imagine that we have such power or such understanding in all the things that are requisite for our salvation, as that we should not consider how it is not for naught that the Holy Ghost exhorteth us here to grow. And here ye see also how lowliness ought always to match with faith, according to this saying, that God's word serveth to instruct the small and lowly ones. The greater, then, that a man would make himself to be, surely the more doth he shut the door against himself, so as he can have no entrance into the school of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore let us look well at our own slenderness, that we may be so meek as nothing may hinder us from hoping continually more and more in our God. And the same ought also to quicken us and provoke us to serve him, and to confirm ourselves continually the more in his word. For what is the cause of so great sloth and coldness as is seen in many men, but that they think themselves to be clerks great enough already? And therein they deceive themselves by reason that the devil hath dimmed their eyes through their own fond overweening. Seeing it is so, let us continue little ones still, not in understanding, but in naughtiness, as hath been said afore. And since we know that we have need to profit, let us endeavour so to do. Howbeit let us also have an eye to the means that is showed us here, which is to resort to him that is our head. Truly St. Paul addeth thereunto all things, to show then, when a Christian man hath examined thoroughly what is in him, he shall find that if he have any virtue, there shall be vices mingled with it, and that in all his virtues there is ever some blemish or maim. Wherefore let all of us cast down our heads, and let the excellentest men in the world understand that God hath still reserved some piece of grace to himself, which he hath not given to them, to the intent we should not be puffed up with fond overweening, to think ourselves to be that which we be not. But let us come to the head that is spoken of here, for St. Paul telleth us that our only shot anchor must be to know Jesus Christ, as hath been declared afore, how that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are laid up in him. For else many would range far in God's word, and that should be but to be always learning and never to know anything, as it is said in another text. But St. Paul telleth us that in Jesus Christ we shall find all that is requisite for our salvation, and that he also must have the preeminence as the head appeareth above all the rest of the body. For if we grew in such wise as the shoulders should get up half a foot above the head, what a growing were that? Were such a growing to be well liked? It were better that a member were stuck dead than that it should so disfigure the body. For so much then as the head ought to be uppermost, St. Paul telleth us expressly that it is not enough for us to grow, but that we must always grow under our Lord Jesus Christ, so as he may stand over us, and all of us, both great and small, submit ourselves unto him. And we see by experience that this was not spoken for nothing. For what a number are there which carry a great countenance and show of knowledge, and yet do nothing but set all things in a broil and uproar through their vainglory? There are a great sort which could find in their hearts to have our Lord Jesus Christ buried, that they themselves might perk up, and have all the world gaze upon them, and be had in estimation and rejoiced at. And many wretches come so far that they pass not what come of it, so that they may keep themselves in reputation. Again, Other some mingle our Lord Jesus Christ with so many superstitions that he is utterly overshadowed with them. We see what has happened in Popery. For they verify their own proverb thoroughly that the Son of God cannot be known from his apostles. And why? Because they have fleeced him and robbed him of the honor that belongeth to him, and made, as it were, a booty of him, dealing to every man his share and portion of it. Thus are the papists well grown, howbeit that is but in ignorance and superstition, because Jesus Christ hath not his preeminence among them, neither is he their shot anchor. Yea, and even among us also ye shall see some so desirous to get renown among men that Jesus Christ shall be as nothing with them. So much the more, therefore, doth it stand us on hand to mind well this lesson of St. Paul's, that our growing must be in our Lord Jesus Christ, according to this saying of St. John Baptist, I must diminish and he increase. Let us follow that example, namely that the excellency which is in the church should abide unappeared, and yet in the meanwhile Jesus Christ be the shot anchor of all men. For although the stars have their brightness, yet must the sun shine above them, and men must know that it is he by whom we have the true light indeed. And therefore let our Lord Jesus, who is the day Son of Righteousness, be so regarded, as nothing may impeach him, nor blare our eyes, that we should not look at him, and our faith be levelled alonely at him. That, then, is the cause why St. Paul addeth expressly that Jesus Christ must be our head, and we grow in him, and resort unto him, and set our whole study and mind upon him. To express this the better, he addeth, that it is he by whom the whole body is knit and joined together by his joints, and that it is he which furnisheth it with substance and life, according to the measure and portion of every member, and that when this is done, then the body is well proportioned, Howbeit, that love must reign among us, or else there shall be nothing but confusion, insomuch that if there be greatness it will be over-huge, so as it shall not be a natural body but rather a monster. Now in saying that we receive our growing of Jesus Christ, that it is he of whom the knitting of the body proceedeth, and that it is he also by whom we be maintained in life. He showeth us our unthankfulness, in that we yield him not the honour which he deserveth. For must it not needs be that we are too too lewd when the Son of God giveth us all things, and yet we will bereave him the honour which he requireth for showing himself so bountiful towards us? He desireth not that we should yield him any recompense, Neither can we, neither is it needful, but yet he will be glorified. Now then, seeing we be so enriched by him, and we notwithstanding do fall to robbing him of his honour, so as he is defrauded and bereft of it, must it not needs be that we be worse than devilish? Wherefore let us mark well whereat St. Paul aimed, for he intended here to reprove the world of too lewd an unthankfulness, For not yielding our Lord Jesus Christ his due honour, insomuch as he is not exalted among us, neither do we think upon him, neither do we place him in chief sovereignty, that all men might do him homage. And therewithal he showeth us, that we be almost out of our wits, when we honour not Jesus Christ, nor exalt him as we ought to do. For there is not that man which doth not naturally covet his own profit... Now then, in forsaking Jesus Christ, we seem to have conspired and sworn our own confusion, that we might be bereft of all his grace and be as rotten members without strength. For he is as the head of a man's body, and as the root of a tree. It is he from whom all our life and sustenance proceedeth. Now then, if the hands, the feet, the belly, the stomach, the legs, and all the rest of the members should conspire together to say, Let us forsake the head, what should they win by it? or if they should conspire together to put the head down and to thrust it into the belly, that men might not see it, what profit should the whole body have by it? Even so standeth the case with all such as would diminish the glory and majesty of God's Son, and lessen His power, and not acknowledge to what end He was sent of God His Father, namely, that they should seek all their welfare and all the parts of their salvation in Him. For it is as much as if they would put down their head, But St. Paul telleth us that there must be no knitting in the body, but that which cometh of the head. From whence cometh all? Behold, the veins convey nourishment everywhere through the whole body, and the sinews hold the bones together and give them moving, but yet must all these things have their root in the head. So then, if we will needs despise God in diminishing the glory of his only Son, surely all will turn to our confusion." Jesus Christ can well enough forbear us, but we must needs perish wretchedly like rotten carrions, if he give us not whatsoever belongeth to our life. Thus ye see what St. Paul meant to show us. Hereunto he addeth that there is a certain measure in every member, and that the furnishment thereof cometh of the head. So as it sheddeth through the whole body, howbeit saith he, that is in measure." When he saith it is in measure, he doth us to wit that the excellency, which we can see here, is no derogation to the perfectness that is in Jesus Christ. For there are two reasons to be marked. The one is that all that is in man is unperfect, and therefore that we must resort to our Lord Jesus Christ, that he alone may abide unimpeached and not be mingled with other creatures. The other is that the measure and portion which is in every member is not there as having his peculiar seat there. For... What could the hand do if it were not continually nourished and maintained by the head? The bond that holdeth all together must needs be maintained from thence. Also the natural heat and moving must come from thence, insomuch that the hand should wither every minute of an hour and rot away, if the head wrought not continually. The like respect is between Christ and his church. For if we consider well what is in men, though we admitted one to be like an angel, yet hath he but his measure still? And why? to the intent that Jesus Christ should not be bereft of the honour that belongeth unto him. Seeing then that every of us hath his portion, as hath been showed afore, it is good reason that every of us should stoop, and not lift up our horns to take anything upon us which God reserveth to his only Son. That is one point. Again, let us understand that the same measure cometh of free gift, as hath been showed already, and yet is it not without cause that St. Paul repeateth it here again. For we see the foolish presumptuousness of men, how every man would be a lord, and we would fain rob God of his right, to the end to be advanced and esteemed ourselves. Therefore, to abate that loftiness, and to cleanse us of such vice, St. Paul putteth us in mind once again, that we have nothing which is not given us. And therefore we must resort to this, which he saith in the first to the Corinthians, Who art thou? Hast thou made thyself so excellent by thine own cunning? Hast thou anything which thou canst challenge as thine own? No, it is God that hath advanced thee so, and therefore humble thyself. His meaning, then, is that all the whole knitting and all the whole furnishing cometh of the head. For it is not enough for us that we were once created and shaped, but it standeth us on hand to have our members still maintained in their plight. That, therefore, is the cause why St. Paul addeth the word furniture, or shedding down, as if God should shed down his in-working upon the head, and the head shed forth the same in-working throughout all the members.' And that is it which St. Paul meant in saying that Jesus Christ is our spiritual head, who hath received all fullness of grace, according to the first chapter of St. John, where it is said that it was given him not for himself alone, but for us also, which are his brethren. Seeing it is so, let us understand that all the grace which we have received of God is creeped into us by the means of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that we have the full furnishing of it throughout also by him. True it is that the said strength, or in working, passeth through every member, and in coming from the head it shall be in the shoulder, before it be in the arm, and afterward in the arm, before it be in the hand. But yet for all that, shall the arm therefore glory in itself, and give the hand no part with it? No, but his receiving is to impart it unto the residue of the limbs, and all cometh of the head. Again, shall not the hand on the one side give of his power back again to the arm on the other side? Yes. Yes. For every member knows his own office, that is to say, every member hath naturally an inclination to serve all the rest of the body, as though God had given them discretion and wisdom to say, Thus it must be. They be bound unto it, and know the need that each of them hath of others' help. True it is that my hand cannot judge anything, but yet hath God put such an endowment and disposition into it, that it desireth nothing, rather than to employ itself to the service of all the rest of the body. Also the foot doth his duty without entreating or bidding, as though God had imprinted such a discretion in them, as to consider that all of them receive their power from heaven, and that the things which they have received must be fitted thereunto. Now if a man should demand, is every man then alike and equal in the church? St. Paul, in speaking of portion and measure, meaneth not that God hath distributed like portion to every member. For the leg is not the eye, and yet nevertheless the leg, according to his quality, hath that which it needeth. And for the same cause also, said Paul, saith that the members should be so knit together as they might make up one whole body through love, and by that means have every one wherewith to be contented. There are then two things which we must mark, namely that God's gifts are diverse, and that some are much more excellent than other. For the eye is an excellenter member than the foot, and we see also how it is had in honour, and the mouth more than the leg. Mark it then for one point that there is such diversity that our Lord exalteth and honoureth whom he listeth more than others. There are both great and small in the church, and all must not be teachers and prophets. But yet this diversity letteth not but that every member hath his desire, and that which is meet for it. So as the foot envieth not the hand, nor the hand the foot, no more than any of them both envieth the eyes. To what purpose should it serve the hand to have sight? It were a thing which not only could do it no good, but also should do it harm. If every member had all offices in itself, surely the body should be confounded and come to naught. So then the hand hath his perfection in that which belongeth unto him, I mean in his degree, and likewise the foot. Howbeit St. Paul's meaning is that it ought to suffice us that the church be edified in common, For if our neighbours be enriched with God's gifts, the same redoundeth partly unto us. And on the other side, if we have received a larger measure of grace, we be the more bound to impart the same to such as have need of it. That therefore is the thing which St. Paul meaneth to set down in this text, saying that if the knitting be after that manner, the body shall be well builded and made up. And here we see how he continueth his matter, which is, that we must be so linked together according to the doctrine of the gospel, as Jesus Christ may reign over us, and we know that the Heavenly Father hath given us him, with condition that we should all link together under him, and maintain a brotherly unity among us. But yet, afore all things, we must be subject to him that hath all sovereign dominion, and consider that, forasmuch as the Heavenly Father hath set him in that degree... We must all aim at him and continue in his obedience unto the end. And therewithal let us understand that that cannot be done without love, that is to say, unless every of us rid himself of the cursed affection of seeking too much our own profit. For indeed it is easy to perceive that the affection doth so blind us that it makes us to despise our neighbours. So much the more, therefore, doth it behove every of us to endeavour to give over his own right, and to know that God hath not so distributed his gifts, that every man may be a world or a church of himself, but that forasmuch as every man hath need of his neighbours, the same is the very means whereby he will hold us together, and that ought also to provoke us so much the more to do what we can one for another. Although, then, that there be but one fountain from whence we draw all spiritual gifts, namely even our Lord Jesus Christ. Yet notwithstanding, God maketh the fullness of his grace, which he hath put in Jesus Christ, to flow forth, as it were, by channels, that we may receive every man his portion, as is expedient for us. And so ye see in effect what we have to remember here. Now, were this doctrine put well in you, surely all the troubles that are nowadays in the world would soon be appeased, and there would no more be so many bickerings and disputings, but we should easily agree altogether. For ambition or vainglory is the mother of all heresies, for when men will needs exalt themselves, they must needs thereby thrust down Christ, if they could. Again, whence spring superstitions, but of this, that men know not the inestimable benefits that are brought us by our Lord Jesus Christ, and are daily offered unto us in him by the gospel. This hath made the world always wanton, and wandering after his own lusts. This hath made men to forego so many patrons and advocates. This hath made men to advance their own deservings. This hath made folk to devise so many satisfactions, so many means wherewith to please God, and so many new services, namely for that they were not contented with Jesus Christ, and all for want of knowing what manner a one he is, and that when we once have him, he ought to suffice us, and we ought to hold ourselves to him, because the Father hath so glorified him, as we ought of duty to do him homage, and to honour him as our sovereign king, Forasmuch then as we see the wretched unbelievers to be scattered here and there by reason that they turn away from Jesus Christ, we have so much the more need to be warned to hold us simply to his obedience and to know that all our welfare cometh of him, and therefore that we ought to return to him to yield him his due honour, and therewithal put our whole trust in him, and that, to the intent we may so do, we must consider that there is nothing but filth in us, and that we hold our spiritual life of him, and that not for once in a way, but in such wise as he worketh continually in us, strengthening and furthering us, even until he hath brought us to his perfection, that is to say, to the perfection which we hope for by him. And for this cause was the Holy Supper left us, as a remembrance that our Lord Jesus Christ is he in whom we must wholly seek all things belonging to the life of our souls. For there we profess that he is our nourishment even to satisfy us to the full. And therefore the cause why we come thither to eat and drink is to put us in mind that we have in Jesus Christ not the half of our life only, but the whole of it, and that when we be fed with him we must content ourselves with him and not seek one drop nor mite, as they say elsewhere. After this manner then... Must we now come to the holy table, that is to wit, after the examining of our own sins, when we once know that we be nothing, we must seek by what means God calleth us to him, and how we may keep our way thither, even till we be perfectly knit unto him. Namely, by knowing that Jesus Christ is given us, and that in him we have all that is behoofful and wanting in ourselves. And therefore let us so esteem our Lord Jesus Christ as we may take him for our very sustenance, and as our faith, as I have touched afore be not hailed away, to rove here and there, and finally to vanish quite away, but may so rest upon him, as we may know that there is neither righteousness, nor holiness, nor merit, nor power, nor aught else in ourselves, but we shall find all in him, and that we cannot be partakers of him, but we must also be partakers of all the goods that he hath received of God his Father. Seeing then that all the good things which God hath put into our heads are communicated unto us by his means, Let us learn to humble ourselves, and not to climb in such wise as he should be defrauded of his honour, but confess simply and without feigning, that look whatsoever is given us through his free goodness, he maintaineth and preserveth it, and moreover increaseth and establisheth it in us more and more. Furthermore, let us mark that we cannot possess the goods of our Lord Jesus Christ to take any profit by them, except we first enjoy him, and that is the cause why he giveth himself unto us. And thinks it not enough to give us some part and portion of his righteousness, of his deserts by the sacrifice of his death and passion, of the obedience that he yielded unto God his Father, and of all the gifts which he received fully of God his Father. I say he thinks it not enough to give us some part and portion of them in his sacraments, but he saith, I am yours, possess ye me then is it not enough for us to go seek our want at his hand, that he may impart them to us. But we must also consider, first of all, how he offereth himself unto us, and saith, Lo, here my body which is delivered for you, lo, here my blood which shall be shed for the remission of your sins. And this is done, to the end, that we should know that he dwelleth in us truly by his Holy Spirit, and that we live by his own substance. And that it is not said here without cause that the knitting of the body cometh of him, and that he is the furniture thereof, and that forasmuch as we want the grace and gifts that belong to our spiritual life, we must draw them out of that fountain. And if we resort to him with perseverance in the faith of the gospel, we shall feel ourselves more and more strengthened and established in all grace, even till he have rid us of all our imperfections and infirmities, to make us enjoy his heavenly glory with him. Now let us fall down before the majesty of our good God, with acknowledgement of our faults, praying him to make us so to feel them, as we may be sorry for them, and therewithal to work so in us hereafter, as we may, from day to day, be cleansed of all our imperfections and vices more and more, and that our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the wellspring of all pureness, may so shed forth the grace of his Holy Spirit, as we may be made new creatures thereby, to do our sovereign King the honour that belongeth to him. And so let us all say, Almighty God, Heavenly Father, etc. End of sermon 27.